It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Please start this. Yeah. Please start. <laughs> Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass, inside or outside. Uh, my co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Scott. I like your sultry tones today. Uh, I'm losing my voice a little bit, so I'm trying to not lose it all the way during the podcast. Yeah. That's why you sound like you're a a radio host for jazz. Yeah. (laughs) Jazz. Speaking of jazz, (laughs) Father Father Christian Rapp pretty jazzed up in some outdoor gear today. (laughs) What what is happening? (laughs) I'm, I'm broadcasting from outside. In Jasper, Indiana, it it's cold. It out. is cold. It looks like it's my dog, windy. My dog wanted my dog wanted to be outside, so I I decided I'd bring my computer out here, and I'm I'm in my lawn chair in the snow <laughs> in my winter coat. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're in an igloo. Well, this is a pretty serious. It's winter like coat. the most uh, serious winter coat I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I, I'm from I'm from above I eighty, so you know we we have a whole other grade of winter coats only available up yeah. there. <laughs> All right, yeah. If any, I was laughing when we came on because right as we said, are we ready to record? Father Christian put his gloves on. Yes, and we've not had anybody put winter gloves on as their preparation to record. So, that was... <laughs> all right, two minute drill. Two minute drill. Shall we? We shall. It is. It's a special day. Why? Because Sunday, January first. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year happy to everyone. New Year. But more importantly, Happy Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. I just love a good. I know that every Sunday is a solemnity, but I like when we get an extra special uh, solemnity that we celebrate any day, but it happens to fall on a Sunday. Like I just think that's that's really exciting. And yeah, fun. so I'm very excited about it. Uh, Mary, Mother of God. She's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, Our first reading comes from um, Numbers. The Lord is speaking to Moses. I got really excited about this because... You've been doing a great job with Numbers today. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I have been on a really big... It's been a very good uh, mental math day for me. Yeah. So everyone can feel free to applaud me and congratulate me on that when you see me. Um, But I was excited about this reading because uh, when... The Lord is speaking to Moses and he and he says to them this specific or he tells them the specific phrase to repeat. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look up upon you kindly and give you peace. But that that phrase specifically, I went to Marion University. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Kind of a big deal. The preeminent Catholic university in Indiana, even though I went to Marion College. But um the sisters of Oldenburg 
the Franciscan Sisters of Oldenburg, this is the prayer of blessing that they sing mm. as their like traditional blessing. I think you heard it recently, I, yeah. Scott. Yep. So I'm not going to sing it, but it, it just like warmed my heart a little bit. I think I've heard you say that you go to Marion College as many times as Father, uh, Father, uh, what's his name? Your pastor? Oh, you go ahead with your little jokey joke. Tim. Uh, it's not as good when I can't remember his no, name. Which Scala. There you go. Uh, Father Which Scala has lived in Rome. Yeah. What a delivery on that. That was good. Yep. We'll just edit that part. <laughs> we won't edit it. Um, it's not getting edited. The, the responsorial psalm is Psalm 67. Um, May God bless us in his mercy. And for some reason, I saw that, and all I could think of is. Just some like sweet little old lady going, well, bless your heart. Oh, and I just think that's really great. Like, may God bless us in his mercy. I think that'd be great. And you can bless my heart. Um, and then our second reading, uh, Galatians. It, I always get excited when there's a reading with a really strong uh, e- exclamation point in it. Oh, yeah. Because there's always the chance you're going to get a reader who gets really into that. So at some point at some church this weekend, there's going to be somebody doing the second reading and people are going to be like zoning out, not paying attention. And then somebody is going to say into our hearts, crying out, Abba, father, <laughs> like it's just going to be really loud. And it's, uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm yeah. excited for those people out there who have that experience. But um, yeah, Galatians speaking to us, brothers and sisters, talking about how we are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, also an heir through God. So, a wonderful gift. Yeah. Father Tim, which is called his name. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, he doesn't know names, so I don't feel bad. That's true. <laughs> he for sure doesn't remember your name. No. Nope. Um, and then our gospel is Luke. Uh, we also don't have to worry about him hearing this because he is not a listener of the podcast. Unlike Father Christian, he gets all these jokes because if he's still alive, he may be frozen as in like an ice cube right now. But... Uh, Our gospel comes from Luke chapter 2, 16 to 21. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. It's a long time to be circumcised, eight days. <laughs> Do you think it was an eight-day long circumcision? That was a long procedure. <laughs> uh, wow. What a what a direction. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Fa- Father Christian, did Jeff get anything wrong? I think you did a fine job. Thank you. Did you say a fun job yeah. or a fine job? Fine, okay. fine. Everything sounded good. Good, good. What are you preaching on this weekend? <laughs> Father Christian, are you are you even engaged in this or can all you think about right now is how cold you are? Oh no, it's it's fine actually. I'm, I'm quite warm. Um it's a little windy and I hope that's not messing up my microphone microphone. Luckily so your giant right. flaps on uh, your hood seem to be blocking a lot of the wind. Okay. Can, and you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Great. Sound great. Good. Um, yeah. So I think I, I, what I've been thinking about from these readings is how that gospel begins. Um, you know, when the shepherds find Jesus, they find him with Mary 
and Joseph, you know, and, uh, but, but it was Jesus that they came looking for. Right. And yet they find him with Mary and Joseph. I think, I think one reason that really sticks out to me is one of the, the really popular, uh, things to say in the church is to Jesus through Mary. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that comes from St. Louis de Montfort. Um, and it, and it was, it really, that was, a it's an important part of people's devote Marian devotion. And, and, and John Paul II was, he popularized that a lot, but I think kind of this gospel gives us a little bit of a different angle, which is, it's almost like to Mary, through Jesus. And I, I I don't want anybody to hear me wrong there. Like, like the whole point is to find Mary. That's not, that's not what's exciting, but I think what's exciting is that if we go to Jesus, he always comes with this whole train of people. He invites us into a whole family, you know? So whereas Marian devotion obviously leads us to Jesus there's something really here about how Jesus really wants us. He wants to take us to Mary. Um, and when we go to him, we're going to, we're going to find her because he wants to introduce us to his family. And uh, we could kind of dovetail that. We could bring that together with <laughs> actually the second reading. <laughs> Sorry. Right, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and watch you try to put your earbud back in with your inner glove yeah. on. I know. <laughs> Father Christian just shed his massive hood to get his earbud I know. back in. I couldn't hear very well. It was muffling you. Um, I mean, there's second something there in the second reading, right, about how Jesus obviously leads us to the Heavenly Father, you know. To uh, Abba, Father. But, but what we're born, being born in Christ, then we receive his Father. But I think the aha for me here is that when we're – born in Christ, we don't just get a heavenly father. We also, we also get a heavenly mother. And, uh, so that's, that's what I'm going to talk about. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I, I, I love the, this idea of to Mary through Jesus and that idea that like yeah. the shepherds were brought there, but their true encounter in many ways was with Mary and like the awe of her delivering God's son. Obviously they were in awe of God of the infant, but yeah, I think it's just that they can't, wherever you go, wherever you find Jesus, you're, you're going to find his family. Right. Um, Cause he, he loves his family and he wants to introduce his, us to them. Um, he wants to share his mother with us just as he shares his father with us. Yeah. What do you recommend to people that don't like can't get engage in their relationship with Mary? Or I've had a hard time with that. I, I remember for a long time in my early twenties, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, love the Blessed Virgin Mary, but I was almost jealous of other people's relationship that they just had a much yeah. stronger relationship with Mary than I ever did or knew how to. Like there's not a real instruction manual on how to do that. I think, yeah, I like your question in a way. I, I, I think I, I had the same experience. Um, that's partly kind of how I got at this homily because 
you know, people kept saying, well, to, to Jesus through Mary, it's like, well, I already feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. So <laughs> I don't need, I don't need. And Mary, was this in your priesthood you know? at that time? Or is this like, no, not, I would say before yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and then I, I just kind of, similar to you, I think I, I shared a little bit of that, but, but there's something there that I kind of a little bit jealous of, or, or, you know, I want that too. Obviously these people are, are receiving something here. So I guess maybe a, a couple things to suggest to people is, is first of all, to realize that any devotion is a gift and, um, so w- whatever devotions we may have, devotions to particular saints, devotions to particular images of God, like the sacred heart or the divine mercy, g- these devotions are always gifts. And so, you know, if you're, if you're wanting a strong relationship with Mary and you feel like you don't, you don't have it or you don't have it as much as other people do it, I, I think one of the things is, t- is to talk to Jesus and say, you know, will you please give me that gift um, to ask for it? Um, because I, th- I think he really does want to introduce people to a more, a deeper relationship with his mother. Um, so that would be a thing. And then maybe another thing is, is also to explore the, the different, the different images of Mary um, that are out there and just maybe see if something there speaks mm-hmm speaks to you more than another thing. Uh, I know for me, I, I, I really love Our Lady Guadalupe. And I also really love Our Lady of Einsiedeln, which is, which is kind of the, the devotion of my monastery um, that we have. But Our Lady of Einsiedeln literally means Our Lady of the Hermitage. And I, I really love that, that idea that, you know, Mary is is kind of with us in our solitude. Uh, I think for a monk, that's particularly helpful. Yeah, I think... So those would be a couple ideas. No, I think that one of the amazing gifts of Mary in her presence is that, like, those seeking a devotion with her, there are just so many... There's so many options. I mean, it's all Mary. Yeah. But there are just so many ways to encounter her, different stories and different approaches and apparitions and... I mean, more than we ever even realize. And and for me, having had a similar experience to what Scott was talking about, that was what helped me was to just continue to read about how others had encountered Mary and how uh, mm. in those experiences and figure out which of those spoke to me and were uh, a story what? I could connect with, something I could understand better and put myself in that was, place. Can you, can you name what that was? Specific? I mean, the story of Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe has always yeah. been... I mean, it's just always such an amazing story. Yeah. Like this young man being doubted by, doubted in his faith and doubted by the church and doubted and just still uh-huh. just rising up and, and speaking out because Mary had told him. Um, yeah. But I think having then as an adult, being able to go out and have encounters like in to shrines and to places where Mary has appeared to Our Lady of Good Help or Our Lady of the Snows or, um, yeah. d- just things like that have been then moving experiences for me, even just like in the United States and around. So, yeah. And to the point that like, I can honestly 
say the large majority of times now that when I encounter a statue of Mary or like I find myself feeling that presence and feeling in that moment, mm-hmm. whether that's in somebody's front yeah. yard or anywhere else, because I think in many ways, because I, you know, have, I've asked for that because, and, and that's as simple as anything, right? I've not done anything special or unique. I've just asked that, you know, that Mary be a part of my life and a part of my children's life and my yeah. family's life. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Scott, was there something for you that turned that tide? Um, yeah. So the, the consecration to Jesus through Mary, I, uh, I was recommended to that. And the, the longer book that St. Louis de Montfort, uh, that you mentioned was very intimidating to me. I'm not a very, a very intellectual, uh, like student, if you will. So that was a big undertaking for me. I tried it kind of failed, but then there's like a, a shorter version. Um, like the, I think it's 33 days to morning glory. It's yeah, a very attainable, like 10 minute read 33 days. And, um, I just r- really poured myself into that, devotion for that time and it was a big big uh big turn of the tide if you will what i also thought of the uh, like as you said that i was like mad at myself because i was just rolling there thinking of times that i had encountered but to me being in college and going to saint peter's in rome and seeing uh la pieta Mm -hmm. and Mary holding Jesus off the cross and that, that beautiful sculpture of Michelangelo's mm. I like, I'll never forget that moment feeling that connection that in just weeping and thinking about this mother yeah, holding wow. her son. And like, that's, that's always been something that has stuck with me. And I still have a small statue of that, that I keep around and yeah, sorry. Awesome. I remembered that. Yeah. You know, another thing I, as we were talking, I thought another thing I thought of that, kind of sped me along was at one point uh I, I feel like I prayed the rosary most of my life but I know at one point you know the I uh, the rosary was was pretty dry experience for me and wasn't wasn't really producing much fruit and that I could see anyway and I think I I had this real sense of obligation like I've got to pray the rosary I've got to pray the rosary I've got to pray the rosary. That's what a good Catholic does. Um, and I, and I had a spiritual director who, who just, you know, I said, well, you know, could you try praying to Mary maybe in a different way? If, if you feel like that's, you know, not really leading to being closer to her for you right now. And, uh, and so I, you know, what I did is I, I just started to pray to Mary kind of similar, you know, the, that, you know, might, pray to to jesus where it's just kind of a heart-to-heart prayer um where you know well i have a mother in heaven just as i have a father in heaven and i'm i'm talking to her i'm telling her about my day i'm i'm sharing with her what's going on and uh and to the you know i think the idea that oh wow you you don't just that you can do more than just pray the rosary you could actually have a kind of conversational prayer with Mary. Uh, for me, that was really big help in my Marian devotion. All right. 
You ready for some dumb dumb questions, Jeff? I am. That was a really good conversation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mama Mary. Thanks, Mama Taking Mary. Care of us. All right. Dumb questions. Uh, okay. First off, how was your Christmas, Father? My Christmas was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Were yeah. you at the monastery or uh, at the parish or bouncing between? Both. I, yeah, I, I was mostly. I had, you know, mass responsibilities at the parish, but when they were all over, I went to the monastery and went to Vespers and Compline over there and enjoyed some food. Good. It was good. Good. Did you get your socks in time? I did. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. I was glad to help. Father Christian. That was, I don't even know if Scott knew. Yeah. Father Christian needed some St. Joseph socks for oh, the parish. And yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll talk after the podcast about how much I owe you. Oh, those ones were free. It was You got lucky. That day, right. day St. Joseph socks kind of to Jasper were free. Um, but not for anybody listening. Um, <laughs> anyone from Jasper? In, no. <laughs> um. Here's my okay. Next dumb question. You so when you are living at the parish, which you do most uh-huh. of the time, you're correct me if I'm wrong, but you're living with diocesan priests as well, right? Like your pastor. Actually, I live on my own. You live on your own. Yeah. So, uh, well, th- there's a rectory. Okay. And and two priests live there, and I live across the street with my dog. Oh, just in like a, a random house? Are you renting? Yeah. The, the the parish owns it. Okay. But you still are but, like in a small community here with these diocesan priests. I'm assuming you like spend time with them and encounter them and uh well we work in the same office. Yeah. Okay. I get well, this is ruining my question. So, I was gonna want cool. All right. <laughs> we do I mean obviously we, we spend some time yeah. together, but we don't live together. I was just wondering what the biggest differences you had seen between like you coming from uh, the monastery and that fraternal life and, and, um, and, you know, that religion, you know, a, the mon- yeah. from the monastic life versus diocesan priests, like what are the biggest differences you've encountered? What are those moments that for you that have been, or for them that you've seen jump out? Yeah. Well, right. I can see now why, 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 it would. I could give a better answer to this question if I actually lived with. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> they're they're um they're they're definitely good guys. Um, you know, I think maybe one of the things is that in the monastery we we pray together. You know, five times a day, and in the parish life, you're your schedules are just so like unpredictable um, that and that's just harder to do. Um, you, you, you know, you might pray morning prayer together. You might pray evening prayer together, but you're not going to pray all the office together. Most of what you pray will be on your own. Um, and that's just because, you know, you were, you're dividing up the masses. You you're getting called to the hospital or to pray parishioners houses at different times so even though you you know you're together um i just think it's a it's a much more individualized schedule yeah all right next question then now that you're a parish priest 
Uh, did you get any Christmas gifts from your parishioners? That they are really nice to me. I did. Yeah. Uh, what they they were great. What was your favorite one? Um. Well, I don't know if I had. Uh, that seems wrong to pick out a favorite. <laughs> you never know who's going to listen to these podcasts. It's just you. you. You're going to get me in trouble. Last time I condemned an entire mass setting. You did. And, uh, did you hear about it? <laughs> I heard a little bit about it. <laughs> you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong at all. <laughs> and now if I pick a gift, I, that could be very treacherous. Which one's the most memorable um, then? What was the worst one? <laughs> I mean, I, one of the gifts that I particularly like is green and has president's faces on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from the guy with the vow of poverty. Yeah, cold heart guy. <laughs> wait, wait, you just picked up a green mug to drink out of, and I was going to laugh if that thing had <laughs> president's faces on it, and then. Jokes on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and the, uh, people give me like gift certificates for restaurants. That's really nice. nice. Um, and uh, a lot of food. And the food is probably a little, you know, it's great and all good. The problem is getting all of it at once, you know, and especially if it's baked. Because... Uh, if you're giving your priest baked goods on Christmas, you just have to realize there's no way he's going to eat all the baked goods that are given to him. Um, so that's the, the thing to do at your own risk. I, I have a friend who is a priest and his first weekend in his parish, he spoke about how much he loved chocolate chip cookies. And the next week he had 15 dozen chocolate chip cookies delivered to the rectory. His pastor said, never tell them what you like. And I asked him about it one time, and he goes, what I learned was to just tell them that I like nice steak dinners and bourbon instead. (laughs) (laughs) Very, Yeah, that's I can see that. Um, Another really great gift I got was four pairs of St. Joseph socks from (laughs) Socks. That's perfect. (sighs) Perfect. Yeah. All right, Father. Well, thank you for uh, for joining us outside today. <laughs> Is Lexi around? My pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Let's, does Lexi have any tricks? Oh, there she is. Can you see yeah. her? Yeah. She's laying in the shade. That's weird. Yeah. She likes that tree. Oh. I think because squirrels kind of nest in that tree. Ah. And her, her great, like fantasy and dream in life is that one will fall in front of her. Okay, I have a question now that you're standing up and I see that you're wearing a collar. Why do you wear like regular clerics now and not a habit? I do wear a habit too. Um, I kind of just depends on what I'm doing um, and where I'm going. So some places the habit is is less practical, um, and so really it's just practical. Like basketball reasons. court, uh, golf carts. Actually, the hospital. Um, I find that wearing the habit to the hospital or the prison is just a little ominous. It feels less um, 
I feel more like a spectacle, uh, wow. and I don't want to feel like a spectacle. Um, That's fair. And yeah, and with the collar, it's just people. It's a symbol that more people understand and realize understand its meaning much quicker. Um, so if I'm hanging around at the parish, kind of everybody there knows who I am. They know I'm a monk. They know I'm a priest. I don't have to explain who I am. So, you know, if I'm in the office and I just know I'm going to be in the office that day or around the church, then wearing the habit makes sense. But if I have to go out kind of into these places like the hospital or the prison or something like that, um, I probably wear a collar because easier, easier to identify what that means. I'm sure, I'm sure there are moments where you have that same conversation 50 times a day. Well, well, why are you dressed like that? What are you wearing? Brother? Is it brother? Is it father? Uh, is it? I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't feel like I have that conversation that often. No. Just a lot of staring. It's hard. I do every now and then though, like if I wear a collar, I'll end up wearing a collar to teach my class at St. Minard because of where I have to go. And then you just look and, like uh, a seminary. Every now well, some of the sem- one of the seminarians or two of them, it, it's funny. It, it makes them uneasy. Um, <laughs> so, well, what's wrong with you? They're so, oh, but they're just so used to wearing, seeing me wear a habit. So, uh, anyway, so you have to learn to be flexible. All right. Well, this is awesome. Thank you. We don't think you're a spectacle, yep. Father. Just spectacular. Hey. Oh well, it's good to be with you guys as always. Until next time, and happy uh, solemnity. You as well. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye. It's all right, cause I'm a It's all right, cause I'm a It's all right, cause I'm a Sunday.